Hey, this is John Legadakis of johnlegadakis.com and I want to thank you for joining me on this podcast. This podcast is a live recording of an interview I do each week with other internet marketers, personal development and business leaders where we talk about how we can better promote our products and services online, get more traffic and make more sales. I hope you get a lot out of today's recording. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. It's great to have you here. Thank you so very much for joining us. My special guest today is Eric Schomburg, all the way from US. Thanks very much for joining us, Eric. Thanks for having me, John. And let me tell you a bit about Eric. Eric Schomburg is the founder and CEO of Eventrio and is a passionate entrepreneur. Eric has been an entrepreneur since he helped build and sell a marketing company at the age of 16. That's impressive. And after many years in the trade show and event management business in 2013, he founded Eventrio, an e-commerce platform for the trade show industry. All right, so we're going to learn all about that. But before we do, what I'd like to, to know, first of all, Eric, is about Eric Schomburg, the person. So if you can, Eric, tell us a bit about yourself. So tell us a bit about where you grew up, your family, what was life like as a kid for you, and what made Eric the person that Eric is today? Oh, it's a great question, John. I love starting with the why. And I, you know, the, the way that we came about is, is about, uh, it was a very disruptive thing that we created in the, in the space. And I think that that can be traced back to my childhood for sure. Um, my mom and dad, uh, they, they definitely gave me a big fenced in yard to operate, so to speak. They, they didn't, they let me fail. How about that? They, I wasn't, it wasn't that I was, you know, they gave me uh, praise for everything or anything like that. They just let me make my own mistakes. They didn't helicopter and tell me what to do, or they simply gave me a great big fenced in yard and let me explore. And when I had the freedom to do that, I acted out in school a lot because, you know, I felt like an adult at a young age. And I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why do we have to do that? And, you know, I quickly learned that like I would, school wasn't for me corporate life wasn't for me. And uh, I'd say my background was spent mainly outdoors exploring and creating things, building things with, you know, sticks, making my own bows and arrows and whatnot, and, and just really creating and having fun and, and failing and getting back up and doing it again. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, my parents let me do that. Yeah, that's great. And you, you grew up in Kansas, is that correct? I did, yeah, a suburb of Kansas City, but uh, spent a lot of time out in the country too as a kid and yeah, out in the rural part in the, by the lake, the Ozarks, and all sorts of fun places. Yeah, awesome. So why did you end up, how, or how did you end up in the trade show event industry? How did that happen? Well, the space actually found me. I, you know, looking back on it, I'm really glad I didn't choose because I changed majors, I think, six times in college. In fact, so much so, I actually almost majored in something else by accident. I was working in a sandwich shop my last year in college with a mentor. It was actually my friend's dad, and we were going to franchise this sandwich shop and bring it to Chicago and Boston. And we were going over all the details of running the business and how to make it as turnkey as possible. And and while I was working there, uh, we forgot to lock up one night and a guy came in and we started talking about uh, life in the universe and business. And it turns out he, had, uh, he was the creator of the first healthcare credit card that ever existed. And it turns out he had a small software company that was, at the time, it was being held onto by a venture firm 
because of the dot-com crash. It's 2006. But it was a small trade show management software company for exhibitors. And uh, this guy, his name was Dr. Robin Potter. He became my mentor. And I knew, I knew pretty early on that if I wanted to be successful, I needed to learn from someone. And I think I had my, my antennas up, my frequency you know, set to that channel in order to find somebody that uh, I could learn from. So it just so happened to be tech and it just so happened to be one of the you know, earlier uh, web-based software platforms in the space. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm in the event space and I love it. It's, it's like a big, you know, moving ecosystem uh, of, of all these different parts and it's great. So I'm really glad it found me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great. Tell us, so Eventrio, how did that come to be? How did you start that? Well, I think like any, any technology company that gets started, it's, it's, they're seeking to solve a problem, right? Make something more efficient, automate some process of the, of the cycle so that we don't have to spend so much time. We can focus on doing something else. And when I was selling event software or this management software to exhibitors, I found that they were always, every time I would get to the part about managing their, their ex- expenses and budgets, they would always ask me, oh, is this where we get to pay all of our bills? And I was like, no, unfortunately, you still have to fax in your order to the different suppliers and, you know, wait on the different timelines for that and pay the penalties. And, and they were like, well, why, why can't we do it that way? And, you know, the answer, you know, the more and more I got asked, the more and more I started thinking about it. Yeah, why can't we do it that way? Why is it so painstakingly uh, laborious to go to a trade show? And so I told them, like, as I, as I kind of came into my own the industry, I was like, hey, I'm going to build this for you, though, one day. And I kept, I still have a list, actually. I have a list of everybody I saved in my, on my desktop of everybody I'm going to email and be like, hey, I told you I was going to do this for you, and I did it. And how did you do that? Because you, I'm guessing, Eric, you don't have you don't have coding knowledge, like you don't build that yourself. So, was it a big job getting it all created? Did it take? I'm assuming because I know for me, if I'm if I'm doing something like that, it's going to take me a lot longer than I expected. It's going to cost me more money. I'm going to have heaps of headaches. So, was it like that for you, or was it pretty smooth sailing? How did you get it actually all up and running? No, it was absolutely way bigger of a project. So I had a little bit of coding background, but not enough to complete this project. And in fact, I started, uh, instead, I, I abandoned, I was going to go to get my MBA and I, you know, I was trying to study for the GMAT and the guy that was coming over to like help me, you know, refresh on all the standardized test questions was also was a, a programming uh, expert. And he started teaching me Ruby on Rails. And I was like, I by the time I actually can learn enough of this to, to get the vision out of my head, like I, it'll be, I'll be 60. So I, I, I worked with some other people and got investors, but I knew that if we came to market, we couldn't come to market with something that just was simple and not, not, not necessarily simple um, that, that didn't work, right? This industry is, it's showtime all the time. There is no room for error. And so I spent so much of our investment on on product development and testing mm-hmm. so yeah and so when you did go to market how was eventually received how is it uh, has so you've been uh, around for about four years now almost four years and how has that gone has it gone as you expected when you did hit the market or how have things changed if we had picked something that had already been done and we we're just going to do a little bit better you know it'd be uh, it would be a totally different story i probably wouldn't be sitting here with you right now no it's 
the biggest roller coaster I've ever been on. And, you know, there hasn't been a day that goes by that I wish I, I wish I chose something easier, <laughs> you know? Um, but it's, so we were blessed very early on uh, through some of our investors, some of the, the contacts that I had to work with a really large client. Now that's a blessing and a curse, right? Um, one client pulled out, kind of left us holding the bag. I was trying to find smaller ones to replace them. Uh, I was tenacious. We, we ended up getting a, a, a big client and I'm talking huge. So right when it got to market though, you know, they, they wanted to use parts of the system. It was like, well, let's, let's just do small rollouts, see how it goes. I found that the industry, every time I got to a point, I knew that I was disrupting one of the entities in our, in our ecosystem. And I wasn't disrupting them. It was a, one of my investors put it disintermediating. And I was absolutely doing that. And, you know, all of them would call me, uh, I would, I, I would fly all over the country meeting with their CEOs and they would just kick my teeth in. I mean, they hated me. They thought I was, you know, coming to take their cheese and, you know, I, I really wasn't. Um, I wanted to work with them to get traction and help simplify this process for exhibitors. So when it, we first hit market, it was awful. I mean, we would, we would go to great lengths to get these clients you know, we would get all the way to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm counting the money, you know, I'm like, Oh, all right, well, we got this coming in, this coming in. And then they would pull out and they just go radio silent. And then we would be faced with uh, just these, all these obstacles of, of trying to be, you know, there's, there's this weird balance in software development. You probably know this from your IT background. There's, you get into, everybody wants something that does everything, but as soon as it does everything, then it's too much. And it looks too cumbersome. It's too, you know, it, it doesn't, it basically doesn't have the do my job for me button. That's what clients will ask for, but they don't actually want to do my job for me button because then they wouldn't actually do it. Or, you know, then they would replace them. So I would say that finding the market fit was, we really found it by iterating on client feedback yeah. and working through very small sprints and, and, you know, not trying to boil the ocean, so to speak. And I found that, that, what I thought was a focused approach needed to be scaled down, scaled down, scaled down. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting you say that. And just to take a little bit of a step back and for, cause I've got the benefit of sort of reading about what uh, Eventrio does and we might've talked, I know we, we have talked about it somewhat, but just to clarify for myself and everyone. So with Eventrio, what you, the reason why you've gone into this space Eric, and created it is because what you noticed was, that in the in the trade show event industry when it comes to organizing events so the person that's organizing the event just it's just crazy with all the vendors all the different people coming into the trade show just everything that's involved so just creating the event itself and then having multiple vendor vendors there and so with Aventure, it just it tries, tries to simplify everything it's a one-stop place for like you said taking care of payments for example making sure everyone gets taken care of that's involved in the event everything they need all their payments and, and so forth uh products get delivered and lead generation as well all that kind of stuff it's interesting because what, what you were just saying then too about what the client was expecting what they wanted from the software a great book that i read not long ago was the lean startup by eric rice and i don't know if you're familiar with that book eric I, I've heard it. I've not read it. I'm a big fan of Tim Ferriss though. So I know a lot of his principles are shared. I think they've, he's been interviewed on his podcast. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it's a great read. And it basically talks about the frustrations you've just mentioned there in that 
especially when it comes to software, because you can spend a lot of time creating features in software, whether it's web-based or not web-based, and then come to realize, hey, you know, the client didn't want that particular feature or they need it changed and they want something totally different. And so you can spend countless hours, weeks, months, money. And it's not just with software too, it's with, it's with any business really. Getting that feedback from the market is so important. So they're actually giving the market what they want rather than thinking, oh, look, I'll go and create this and then take it to market. I mean, you have to take something to market. You can't just take nothing. But uh, I think it's really important to take the minimal product to market that, that's viable and, and then sort of get that feedback. And so, so with you, with Aventrio, are you happy where you have it now? Are you still making changes? Um, have you overcome that issue where you sort of bring clients on board and then they, they leave you after a little while? You know, we had some, some things that happened where, uh, you know, like anytime something goes to market first, it's never perfect. We're more of a boutique outfit right now. I'm a big fan of the slow growth model. I'm, I'm about, like I said, this is, this industry, you have to, you have to get it right. And I would rather have a small number of clients and, and kind of bootstrap our way into the feature sets than to just, you know, go out and raise another round and, and do it all over again. Do I have it where I want it? I mean, you know, it'll never be done to me. It's, it's got so many things that we're going to do. We're actually working on a major project right now. It's, it's going to be game changing, but going back to what you said about the, the, the bringing a minimum viable product to market is absolutely true. And the idea of, you know, if we build it, they will come, you know, the field of dreams model that a lot of entrepreneurs take, like, you know, it's like, well, it's this idea I have. People have told me it's a good idea. I know it'll work. That's not, that's not necessarily true. I mean, the market will have other ideas. What I found was there are so many platforms, especially today, especially more so than there was in 2013, there are so many platforms today that you can build on top of. Hell, Amazon you know, exists. You could do a lot of things with that. There isn't the need to go necessarily build a bunch of proprietary technology before you have the revenue. But yeah, we, we're not done yet. We have a lot of things we're going to build towards, but we're going to do it in a way that's, that's you know, iterated in a very strategic, calm focused way because we, we definitely learn from our mistakes and we're not looking at, at trying to recreate those. So, mm-hmm. What advice, Eric, would you give to those that are starting out in business and they've got an idea and they're just starting out or they have started and they're struggling in their business? What's some things, key lessons that you've learned along the way that you like to pass on? Oh my God. So many we've been, uh, you know, we've had the ups and downs. We're coming out of a down actually. And, you know, I will say the first thing is to never, ever, ever, ever give up. If you have seen it and I mean, seen it, you've seen the end goal. You've seen what it looks like every detail, let go of the control so much. The universe will find a way to get you there. It won't look like what you expect along the way, but it will get you there. If you're struggling on something that you're, you know, current business and profitability or client retention or, or whatever, maybe, Talk to somebody in another space. I mean, somebody in a totally different and unrelated industry. I, I use the analogy, it's like finding sunglasses on your head. You ever been like really stressed out and you're trying to leave and you keep going back in the house looking for your sunglasses and they're on top of your head. Sometimes you just take somebody to tell you they're on top of your head. That to me is, is collaboration with different types of people and getting inspiration from different industries. Uh, never stop learning. My mentor taught me something, you know, he taught me to focus, focus, focus. And I, I really know what that means now. Scale it down, be very focused, like a, looking through a sniper scope when it comes to bringing something to market. Get a client first on the idea. 
try and find, make a, you know, get a client to, to pitch you some cash for, you know, make them your first investor. I would say also get a job. Like if you're in college and you're like, you know, I'm going to just go to uh, start a business right away. I would say that it's best to go get a job and become a professional at something. And Mar- Malcolm Gladwell talks a lot about the 10,000 hour rule. I'm sure you've read that. Like, I believe that you have to pay your dues. Nobody in, a, in an industry will take you seriously if you cannot, if you don't know the industry as well as, as you know your favorite hobby, your favorite any, anything, you know, just because you have an idea, it doesn't mean you're going to be successful with it if you don't know exactly how all of the p- components fit together. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. Uh, you know, we learn from our mistakes and all business people, all entrepreneurs make mistakes. So uh, for you, Eric, what's some one or a few mistakes that you've made along the way, especially maybe with Aventrio, that you really learned from, that you can pass on? Gosh, you know, I, I think back and I think about them every day and, and how to not make them again. And, you know, I think, I think what I said just a minute ago about getting a client first you know, getting a client to be your first investor. I think that's the best way to do it. And if you're working at a company, maybe you're thinking about starting your own thing and it's in the same space, go talk to your boss, your manager, VP, whoever, and see if they would be interested in, in your idea. And then, you know, see if you can draft, uh, you know, a way to keep the, the code or, or whatever the solution may be. Um, if you could, you know, kind of bait it with them. So you don't have to necessarily give up your income right away or, you know, take this huge, you know, just because you jump out of an airplane doesn't mean you have a parachute on. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. I would say that one of the, the biggest mistakes we made is I don't think we needed to raise as much money as we did initially. I think that we could have gotten a market small, I mean, in a more focused way, not having spent so much money on the product itself. One other thing too is if you're going to go into business with someone, make damn sure you know who this person, you know, who this person really is. What's their character like? You know, I always say, bring them around like friend, your like your husband, your wife, your mom, mama knows best. Like when it comes to bringing, you know, somebody around, they get a, a judgy character or something. It, make sure you, you're not just blindsided with excitement. Be flexible and be patient. Just because you have an idea and you're, you know, dead set and you're goal oriented and, you know, you have this resume, it's done all these different things. It doesn't necessarily mean that's what the market wants. So you may be solving a problem, but it may not have market fit. So you may have to be, you may have to kind of let put your ego down. And I, I think that, I think that entrepreneurship is just one long lesson in humility. It's totally about dissolving your ego, being able to learn from everybody, um, not taking things personally. I think this is, when I see a lot of entrepreneurs that come into the space that are a little bit older, I see a lot of pride in the fact that they've done so much or they've, they've been around longer. But I learn more from people that are still in college. And I work with people that are in college. I, in fact, seek them out to work with them because they know what people are going to be wanting. I think that's, that's hard for somebody that may have been the vice president of a Fortune 500 company or something to take them seriously. But that's truly, you know, the days of the kind of the baby boomer, VIP sort of startups and corporate lifestyle, millennials and the, and the younger generations are not, they're not into that. And that's not really what's selling. And that's not really, uh, uh, it's, they're kind of like the canary in the coal mine, so to speak, for what the market's wanting next. That's great insights. And I can definitely identify with some of those points that you mentioned, especially working with part, business partners. And going, just going back to the first thing you mentioned, that was capital. And I, I think that can be a, a problem that a lot of startups have. I'm sure you're definitely, you're not going to be the only one that will make that comment. If I ask them, hey, you know, what was one of the 
mistakes that you made, uh, maybe spending too much money at the beginning uh, or using not using the capital wisely, startup capital. Can you maybe go into that a bit more and, and share a bit, give a bit more insights into that, what you learned? I think that if you really want to do something, if you know that, entre- if, and I believe that entrepreneurs are born. I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not of the part that, you know, I think, but I also think that the term entrepreneur is much wider than we probably give it credit for. I even look, I, I think insurance brokers are entrepreneurs. You know, I mean, if they're on their own with their name on something, trying to sell it, that's, that's, it's entrepreneurship. I think that with capital, save what you can. If you know that you're going to be an entrepreneur someday, I knew I was going to be an entrepreneur when I was nine years old. I just knew it. It's all I have ever done. And it's all that I could imagine doing permanently. Save money, make it where you can work on stuff on the side, get involved in everything you can. Uh, Never stop being involved in learning new hobbies or whatever. Essentially being out in the world and connecting with people will get you that that capital to build what your vision is. If you're truly passionate about it and you have, you've made up your mind that you want to see this idea come to fruition, the money will find you. It's just a universal law. It will become, it'll, it may come from odd places or people you never would have thought about and asking them could be uncomfortable. Going to the bank and leveraging your house can be a terrifying experience. You just have to know that it's going to work out and just network and don't go to entrepreneurship events. You know, like the, there's nobody with money there. You know, like nobody who's just like looking to put in a hundred K into something's just milling around on a Tuesday night, you know, with a name badge on, like you get, go network in, in real life, you know, go to events, go to, like I said, get a job, meet people. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Look, we've learned a lot today. I really, and I really appreciate everything you shared with us and your time today, Eric. Was there any final thoughts that you had for our listeners today? The practice of gratitude. That's the last, the final thought I want to say is, is practice gratitude every single day. It's easy to get stressed out. It's easy to get negative. It's easy to take it out on your family or, you know, abandon friends and living in some bubble and, you know, everybody's in your way. But once you start experiencing and expressing gratitude every day, just for being alive, for the food you eat, for the hot shower, whatever it may be, when you get to that point, the world, that's when the world will tip. Yeah. And, and uh, that's a good point. It's something that I, been more conscious of let's put it that way uh, actually just i just started doing something about maybe the past two weeks now eric yeah where i'll t- and i learned this from someone else um it's i basically start my day or i prime myself at the beginning of the day by just really focusing just but not taking a lot of time we're just talking 10 minutes and we all got 10 minutes just really focusing my thoughts and one of the things i focus on is gratitude what, and I pick three things specifically that I'm grateful for and I, I just focus on it and I think about those three things. It could be anything. And it's a great way to start the day because, uh, yeah, I, t- I totally agree. It's important anyway. Um, we can be all grateful for stuff even when things are not going perfectly for us. Yeah, just living every day. It's the journey, as they say. It's not the destination. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. The road is everything or the, the end is nothing. The road is all. Yep. So. Well, John, I really appreciate it. And I'm grateful to have met you and to connect all the way from different sides of the earth to talk to you and learn about what you do and talk to you tonight. Yeah, likewise. Thank you so much. Again, again Eric Schomburg, all the way from uh, US from Kansas City. His website, Eventrio, it's eventr.io. So a platform for anyone that has trade shows, events. You can speak to Eric about that. So we wish you... All the very best, Eric, and thanks so much for being here. And I want to thank everyone 
for being here and listening as well to us today. Uh, thank you, John. Hey, John Legadakis here. If you got something out of today's podcast episode, make sure to subscribe to the podcast as each week I'm doing more of these valuable interviews. Also, share it with your friends. Now, if you want to get in contact with me, you can do so anytime through my website, johnlegadakis.com. There's also a lot of great free resources there to help you to get more traffic and leads for your business. This is John Legadakis signing off. I'll see you all next time.